Here we go. 30 more minutes. Action Sports, Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, and we're starting where the Sports Center update left off. How in the world are you going to hire Chip Kelly if you're Oregon? Is that some kind of, like, sick joke? Like, we heard that earlier um, in, this, in the update at 5, and me and Austin kind of looked at each other like, what are they talking about? Chip Kelly, with his prestigious 18-25 and 25 record at UCLA, is going to get a better job? 18-25 and 25 and you're getting a promotion? Well, now. Oregon's a promotion. It's a promotion, but he's the reason. Like, he, he laid the groundwork there. Now, that is fair, like, but... We have a reunion here. Sometimes exes break up, and you get back together. And mostly it doesn't work again, but when it does, yeah. it really does. 18 and 25, though, and, and that's the guy we need? What was his record at Oregon? That, doesn't, that was years ago. Well, hold on now. Hey, listen, it was all years ago. All of it's in the past. That I'm is, just saying. I'm is. just saying if anybody's going to give somebody a second chance, see, that's your problem, man. You don't give second chances. That's the problem with you and Austin, man. You got to be more, you got to have more forgiveness in your heart, man. Huh? Let's get that old thing back. No, not even slightly. That's a horrible idea. Um, but, hey, good for Oregon. You went from relevant to irrelevant in, like, five minutes. So, anyway, uh, didn't really have that plan to uh, start with, but I just think it's a colossal bad idea um, to hire somebody that's 18 and 25. And it would have been a lot worse record um, if they didn't have this season because this year they were decent, I think. Right? Like, they had been horrible, and then this year they actually won some games. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine holding the fact that you actually won some games they were eight. the most recent season against you. They were, the reason why you shouldn't no, get hired. No, they were you eight. You sound insane right now. They were eight and four this year. Last year, obviously, COVID shortened, but they were three and four. And the year before that, they were four and eight. Folks, I forgot, though. We're dealing with the Florida Gator fan, so nothing but 13 and 0 will do for them so you, you got to make sure i told you I'm when you listen agent. to okay i don't know the way that napier has been talking i feel like you've uh i haven't even listened you haven't thrown out any of your I gator even, stuff yet i haven't even listened yeah I, have I, you I, thrown out any of your gator stuff yet any of your gator gear uh no okay yeah free agent i don't throw away anything though you never know oh you're a hoarder okay my bad well like clothes wise you never know you might lose some weight you might gain some weight you know I mean, those clothes might be still good doesn't matter if they're a small medium or 6X, you know? You might need them at some point. Anyway, so that's that. This is overtime. That's Brian Middleton. I'm Casey Kurtz. We got a lot to do. Um, we're going to totally fix the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in the next segment. That's because I've redrafted the entire uh, draft from last year. I've changed coaches. I've signed different free agents. And I'm going to put it in Madden and see how good they are. But we're going to tell you what those moves would be. Brian has made some moves himself. I've made some moves. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to do that in the next segment because the Jags are atrocious. We talked about them from 3 to 6 on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent was at String Sports Brewery. He's there due to the fact that coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox 30 would be Jaguars All Access. Shaq Griffin will join Brent virtually along with Jeff Lagerman as well, and they will do the show every Thursday from String Sports Brewery. Tomorrow, Brent Martino will be at Extreme Wings Sports Grill. So you can go see him out there and um, you can go and you don't even have to tell him you're there and you can just awkwardly watch him eat a lot of food in the break. It's kind of like Peyton Manning when he was eating that chicken on the Manning cast. Did you see that, Brian? 
No, I did not see that. Well, Eli called him out for, like, not really breathing because he was just, like, eating <laughs> as fast as he could. So that's probably Brent Martineau in the five-minute breaks we have. There you go. So you can do that tomorrow. Um, but right now, we're doing this. And uh, like I said, we're going to fix the Jags here coming up. But um, oftentimes when we come in to do this show, there's always something that tends to be on somebody's mind. Uh, last week, I totally denounced the city of Houston in its entirety and uh, just how bad of a place it is. Brian Middleton, I am under the impression that you came in here today locked and loaded on a Thursday with something on your mind. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, Casey, that would be correct. Uh, locked and loaded, I got to start using that. I really do like that. Uh, you know, there are plenty of topics that I could have touched on today. Uh, I've been watching the basketball world. Russell Westbrook, he started doing a crip walk. Seawalk. Don't know if I can say that on the air. Seawalking after he hit a big three-pointer in the Lakers win. Uh, and that was a little throwback because I haven't seen anybody actually do that in a long time. And then there's a UGA player who just inked the NIL deal with Taco Bell. Did you hear about that? I didn't. Mm, yeah. Uh, that would have been like hitting the jackpot when I was in school because Quesaritos, uh, yeah. uh, they stay hidden. Okay. <laughs> okay. But something else caught my eye. What you got? I was reading an article on the NFL, and apparently Roger Goodell uh, and the league are going to have to respond to a civil suit that was filed by former disgraced Las Vegas Raiders head coach John Gruden as early as this Monday. All right. Now, we don't need to go back into the nitty-gritty of what the leaked Gruden emails contain, but I think most would agree that at the very least they, they were highly offensive. And if for some reason you don't know what he wrote, you know, Google is a thing, so you can make that happen. It is. But a question that I had as soon as I got more details about this story about a month ago didn't sit right with me. Let me see if it sits right with you, okay? All right. Casey, the Gruden emails that were released during the NFL's investigation of the Washington football team were a minute fraction of how many they reviewed overall. Do you know how many the league actually reviewed as far as emails go for this investigation? Just on Gruden? Just on, well, or no, just in general, all of them. For the investigation yeah, where yeah, they yeah. found it, yeah. Do you know uh, how many? I would have to say millions, but I could be wrong. Okay, well, you know, you're jumping off the Dane's point with that one, but okay. hey, it's a 600. That's it? 650,000 emails. Oh, okay, okay. You weren't that far off. You weren't that far off, okay. give or take, you know, 350,000. I'll, I'll count that as a win, because when you said 650 at first, I was like, holy crap, they didn't do anything. Oh, they, they were very I targeted. I could look through 600 emails in a day. I hey, mean, listen. I'm not the longest noodle in the in the ramen noodle pack, but you mean to tell me that out of all of the emails, Gruden, who isn't even a part of the Washington football team organization, or he wasn't even with the league at the time, was the only one who wrote something egregious enough to cause a resignation? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Right, right, right. So, listen, if you want me to think that out of 650,000 emails that it was only Gruden who was the bad actor in this play, you must think I'm plumb dumb. Like, don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. You're yeah. not R. Kelly, all right? You know, Casey, my cousin always says that before he steps out on his mistress with his side check, uh -huh. he always checks and double-checks his mental rundown so that he can prepare for anything blowing back in his face. You sure. know, measure twice, cut once. You've heard that. Sure. But the NFL, at least when it comes to this email thing, they got it wrong. They just started taking out the scissors and cutting and cutting and cutting. Now, the NFL says they didn't leak the emails, which is a bit of a plot twist. But even if that's true, nothing of this magnitude gets out without somebody in the league office knowing, and you can't tell me differently. So here's the deal. I got my popcorn ready, movie theater butter flavor, 
Already taking uh, my 45-minute bath. Got a nice soap with the bubbles. Got my PJs on. The ones with the footies. And now I'm anxiously waiting for the next episode to drop of this saga like it's the new season of Cobra Kai. Have you seen that? I have not. Yeah, you should check it out. Okay. And I can tell you this. The NFL is about to pay twice. They're going to pay Gruden. As much as people may not like it, they're going to pay Gruden. Either by arbitration or by straight losing a lawsuit. And when people outside of the NFL scope finally get their hands on some of these other emails, TMZ to be, uh, you know, to be more clear, there will be more people paying probably with their jobs. And that's all I got to say about that, Casey Kirk. You know, that's a good one because, first of all, I definitely at some point need to meet your cousin because every week just... He's out here, man. He has... He's yeah, out here. Just, I got a couple of them, man. I'm the good one. Okay. I, I believe that. But it, there's just a lot of knowledge coming out, and I need to get in on that at some point. But I think it's an interesting point that you make about Gruden because you almost forget about that that happened. And then when, the, when it came out that nobody else was going to be punished, the immediate thought is, okay, somebody had it out for Gruden. And that may still be true, but the fact that the Washington football team is just kind of chilling and everybody in that organization and Gruden's going through this, yeah, um, I, think, I think this is going to get ugly um, in terms of something's going to happen. Uh, how much will it be covered? You know, who knows? But um, I think that's a very interesting deep dive that you're doing. And it's crazy, Casey, because they were actually fined $10 million. But I haven't heard of anybody resigning. Nobody in the football yeah, you know, right. offices. Right. So I'm sure that somebody probably got the ax for some reason. But it's just interesting to me that nobody else, and once they start digging through that set of emails, what's going to stop somebody from wanting to go to the Carolina Panthers? Heaven forbid, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe they need to shake up. Oh, yeah. And just start going through emails. This could last for months, maybe years. This, yeah. this is, uh, yeah, this is going to be something to pay close attention to, in my opinion. I, I agree. And, you know, it's, again, people would have to, I mean, obviously this isn't a make or break your life story, but it is an important one and it is a big one. But to put your trust in the NFL to, like, do something correctly, how much, how much faith do you have in that? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers. They they knew he was unvaccinated the whole time, and it was just they were chilling and let him do whatever he wanted pretty much. So I just – I don't trust the NFL enough to, like, actually do anything correctly. So don't get me wrong here. I'm not rooting for John Gruden. Um, no, of Because what he said is what he said. But yeah. I think you're, 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 tough, you're in a tough spot if you're a fan because you don't want to root for John Gruden to get paid. But at the same time, the NFL has screwed up a lot of stuff. The NFL – is definitely not the poster child for, like, how to run your organization or your company, if you will. So, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be something to watch. And I'm glad that that's what was on your mind because uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting one. And a lot of the stuff that's on our mind around here, like, I, I ripped the city of Houston. That doesn't really matter. But the story that you're talking about does matter in the grand scheme of things, and it will affect how people look at a lot of different things, including football and the NFL. So, oh, that was fascinating. Good work, Brian. Um... We'll be right back here on ESPN 690. we got more to do. I fixed the Jags. I did the draft that they should have done. So if we can just talk to these teams, let's see who we got here. The Bucks, the Dolphins, the Chargers. If we can just figure out how to trade our players that we drafted for the players we should have drafted, it'll be cool. So we'll do that coming up on ESPN 690. We call it Action Sports Jacks Overtime. ESPN 690. 
Action Sports Jacks overtime. Brian Middleton on the ones and twos. Casey Kurtz on the microphone. We do this from 6 to 6.30, Mondays and Thursdays until we get expanded. But that's coming. Don't worry. I have no proof of that. But uh, anyway, we're doing that. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you listening from 3 to 6 as well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Austin Lane and Brent Martineau. Brent Martineau, by the way, at String Sports Brewery like he is every Thursday. He'll be doing Jaguars All Access. It'll be on Fox 30 at 7. And then at 8 on Fox 30, as well as on ESPN 690 today, will be Thursday night football. You got the Steelers. You got the Vikings. And, Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Ted Lasso uh, it grabbed your attention on your journey to uh, or back from L.A. or to L.A. So I got – so here's the whole story. Um, I'm – trying to spell check my tweet right now so we'll tweet that out and then um so here's the situation with ted lasso i got a new phone but not like the newest phone uh, a little bit ago and it came with like a free whatever of apple tv so i was like all right i, I want to watch the ted lasso right so i downloaded all the ted lasso to go to watch to go out there and coming back because there's like two seasons 30 minutes an episode like a lot of episodes so i thought i'd have like plenty so the first flight that i took it was like six in the morning and i just really kind of sat there um, and just kind of stared off into space because I was tired. And then, obviously, the 10-hour debacle happened. So then when I got on the other plane, it was first class. I just, you know, I was living my best life. You know what I'm saying? I was I was using all the amenities. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wasn't even worried about my phone. Um, on the way back, though, I watched it and then, like, in the, in the airport and hotels and whatnot. So, yeah, I'll probably have that going tonight over the football game. I'm not going to lie to you. i just tell you how it is. Um, but what I will do, I'll tell you this, is when I get out of here, I will listen to it on the way home okay. on ESPN 690 because that's the, that's the spot. And, again, I could just sit in my driveway and listen. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll sit in my driveway and listen on ESPN 690, and I'll watch Ted Lasso on my phone. And then it's just the best of both worlds, if you will. So here's a situation. We had a viewer um, hit us up and say, the Jags are a mess. And I said, yep, pretty much. And he said, you know what you guys should do? You should fix the whole thing. Redraft, do a whole thing and see how you would change the team um, with the opportunities present itself. So I thought about that, and I was like, all right, fictional stuff. I like doing that. So here's what we did. I redrafted the whole thing from Trevor Lawrence to Jalen Camp and everybody in between. I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll save the, ex, the excitement. I didn't redraft Trevor Lawrence. If I could do it over, pick one, round one, Trevor Lawrence. But everybody else is different. I'll just tell you right now, everybody else is different. Obviously, we have the advantage of knowing how good they are and whatnot. Uh, 14 or so weeks in, and so that obviously helps. We also redid the free agents. There's some guys we, we would not sign if we could do it over. There's other people that we would sign if we could do it over. We've also got some moves they made, some trades and whatnot, if we would still make those happen. We'll get to those in a second as well. But it all starts with the coaching, Brian, and um, the elephant in the room. Let's get it out of the way. Urban Meyer was hired as the head coach of the Jags. Would you still hire him if you had the opportunity to change it? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Urban Meyer has done nothing but give the Jags 100% more wins than they had last season. That's all he's done. <laughs> and 100% return on anything is outstanding. So, yeah, I definitely would, even, I, even at the point where we are in the season. And you know I would, too, because you want Arthur Smith? You want Robert Sala? No. 
I mean, look, if you could have got some other person that maybe wasn't on the radar, Eric Biemini was obviously an option, uh, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, but I would still hire Urban Myers as head coach. I would not hire Daryl Bevel because I'll tell you right now. Here you go. I mean, look, we, we looked at Daryl Bevel like, hey, you know what? This guy came from the offensive powerhouse of the Detroit Lions, and we hired him from the Lions. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I, I don't know who, but at this point, anybody else that maybe knows how to run the football and put your best player on the field when he's supposed to be on the field, because apparently now it's Daryl Bevel's fault, but then it's Urban Meyer's fault. But at the same time, it's the running back's coach's fault. But then at the same time, he was injured, so we don't have to go into that. Anyway. So you would you Joe Cullen I'm fine with as well. Daryl Bevel, Joe Cullen. Yeah, I think we have to here's the deal. I understand the question mark on Bevel. So I'm willing to change that in this fictional hypothetical scenario where we can go back and travel back in time and actually change some choices that we made at the beginning of the season. But yet and still, even though I've made some changes to my draft as well. Everybody's in their first year. So, normally I like to at least give you halfway into your second season. Let me let you get a whole season in. Uh, but if I am, I'm not familiar with offensive coordinators out there uh, outside of, I guess, the enemy. I don't know if he would make that lateral move like that. But, uh, yeah, I probably would go back and change Daryl Bevel. But I'd, I'd keep Joe Cullen. Agreed. Agreed. So let's start at the draft, man. 1-1, one, one, Trevor Lawrence, you'd pick him again, right? Easy. Don't do well, that. No, yeah, I got Trevor. I got Trevor number one. Trevor number one. All yeah. right. If you remember, uh, they had the 25th pick in the first round. They picked Travis Etienne, who, to no real fault of his own, got hurt. And that's all fine and good. But the problem is, the minute they drafted Travis Etienne, everybody's red flags went up because of James Robinson. So, I, and I, I know what you're going to say when I make the pick. So, if I could do it over at 125, looking at who was picked after Travis Etienne, I would pick a guy that was picked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joe Tryon Shawanka, or however you say his name. He was just Joe Tryon during the draft, but now he has added a second last name. He is a linebacker from Washington. He does not play every single snap for the Bucs, but when he's out there, he's incredibly effective. We now know that Caleb on Chason is not the answer at all. You need help opposite Josh Allen. You get this guy, Joe Tryon. He's been good when he's out there. And the reason he hasn't been out there, by the way, for the Bucs is because he's got guys like Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul in front of him. He's very talented. He disrupts when he's on the field. So if I could do it over, that would be my pick at 25. Okay. Hey, we're both thinking the same. Uh, I went defensive as well. Now, I'm going to chop his name up. He went by Jason at Penn State, but he goes by Odafe Owe. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, 6'5", uh, 255, 4'3", 6'4", round up to a 4'4". Urban says he likes speed, and I know he's normally talking about offense, but uh, this kid looks like he's the real deal. Granted, he's with Baltimore. You know, like it, that's just kind of like what defensive players who are picked high are supposed to do. But he seemingly performs uh, in his rookie season so far. I don't know if that translates down here in Jacksonville, but you got to think for many of the same reasons that you just named why you picked your pick, uh, I feel like this would work better in this position. Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm, I'm with that. So that's interesting. We both went defense because... Um, because offense is the problem. Yeah, because and Rashad Bateman's <laughs> there. So now here's the question. You've got this first pick of the second round. The pick was obviously Tyson Campbell, and I know what everybody's thinking, 
Elijah Moore has to be the pick, right? Because he's a wide receiver and we have none of them. Not so fast, Brian Milton. Give me Javon Holland, who is a safety for the Miami Dolphins. He was from Oregon. He has sacks. He has pressures. He has deflections. He has interceptions. He has fumble recoveries. He has forced fumbles. The dude is incredible, and frankly, I'm good on the whole uh, Andre Sisco can't play because they won't put him out there. Rayshon Jenkins can't talk to anybody. Wingard, just give me Javon Holland. It's fine. I pass on Elijah Moore. Give me Javon Holland the safety. Nah, see, here's the deal. Even though I know that Shark is going to be hurt, I'm picking Elijah Moore. I knew it. I, I am. Listen, here's the deal. I still have Urban as my head coach. And if I'm doing this in real time, if I'm looking at the real-time lineup that Urban wanted, he had... Um, Trevor at the QB spot. He had a backfield of Etienne and Robinson. Uh, he had Shark on one side. He had uh, Arnold, who he was thinking about picking up during free agency. He said so right. once he got him. So eventually he was going to get him. And I put Elijah Moore out there. Now, granted, and then you have Agnew. I don't even know if they figure out that Agnew can even do some of the things that he is doing if you have all those guys who are pretty healthy. Um, but I like that lineup. I like the fact that I want to see Urban have healthy targets for, like, eight straight games. Like, healthy players for eight straight games. As healthy as you can be in the NFL. And see what he can do with this. Because he can lean on the fact that even though every team has injuries in the NFL, it's been pretty devastating here. Uh, especially with your first-round pick going down like that. And then also, like, then chart going down. You just... You're really limited. So I'm going to go with more 43540. Uh, that's what it said on Wikipedia just now. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, he, that's a match made in heaven with him and, and I believe, Urban. I like it. So, uh, yeah, and that's an obvious Elijah Moore. And I'll get a receiver here in a little bit. But uh, Javon Holland has been a problem. And you knew you needed a safety at the draft. You, you drafted Cisco at 3-1, which we'll get there. But... Um, he hasn't even played yet. By the way, on YouTube, I understand two running backs look at Chubb Hunt and Aaron Jones slash A.J. Dillon, but first-round running back is too early. I agree, and that's why yeah. I'm going to tell yeah. you about the running back they should have picked at 6-1, and we'll get there in a second. But right now we're at the second round, and that is pick 13. The original pick was Walker Little. You drafted for uh, your one-win team, and you picked a guy to develop, which has got to be the most baffling thing of all time. Um, but with that being said, if I could do it over at 213, obviously you wouldn't have Tyson Campbell at this point because I just picked Javon Holland over him. That's why I will take Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State. Mm. Guy's been incredible. So, yes, okay. to answer your question, offense is the problem, and I've drafted Trevor in three straight defensive players. Hey, listen, sometimes you got to just go with your strength and make it even stronger and then just figure the other stuff out. So I get it. I like that pick, actually. I really do like that pick. Now, I stuck with Walker Little. He is a developmental project. I get it. Uh, but something that me and Austin were talking about when you guys were on vacation in L.A. Uh, last Friday, or you were in Houston. Yeah. But but the other people were, were Everybody on Everybody else was where they were supposed to be. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. You were, uh, you were eating at a diner. In a, yeah, well, oh boy, it's fire, though. I'll tell you what. In an airport. Oh, my goodness. Man, okay, I bet. So good. One day you're going to have to uh, actually uh, pull up the pictures. I'm sure you took a photo before you started uh, oh, yeah. beasting your food. I did. Anyway, yeah. Walker Little. I'm going to keep that pick because what? I want to see what he's going to be. Listen, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. You're not winning the Super Bowl next year. If I believe that I can get an offensive lineman who I can develop into somebody who's going to be a perennial 
really good player, maybe a handful of Pro Bowls, I'm going to do it. My dad told me ever since I was young, he was like, son, a good offensive line will make a mediocre quarterback look good, a good one look great, and a great one a Hall of Famer. And I believe that if they believe in Walker Little, which is not a sexy pick, which is looking like a not a great pick right now because of the fact that it's a year one team and he, he's going to have to kind of grow into a role, then I get it. But I'm under the, the premise that, listen, offensive line is just as important as anything else. As a matter of fact, it's more important. So I respect them for actually taking the O-lineman so high. Boo. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't do it again. I mean, you got good value on him. That's fine. But he doesn't even play. You're on a one-win team. He doesn't even play. So I... um respectfully disagree that that's a horrible idea uh, on your end as well. But nevertheless, we'll move to the third round. That's where you drafted Andre Sisco. Obviously, the way I look at it is you just drafted Javon Holland. Uh, we'll get to free agency in a bit, so you don't need to worry about safety again. Just big trust on that one. Uh, that's why I'll go uh, somebody that weighs a lot of pounds and plays on the defensive side of the ball to stop the run. He currently plays for... That's a great question. I want to say Carolina, but that feels wrong. Anyway, it's Aleem McNeil, who is the defensive tackle from NC State. He clogs up the middle. He has sacks. He stops the run. Uh, he's been good. He was picked a couple picks after Cisco originally. So give me another defensive player I in the middle, Aleem McNeil. I see what he's doing. Folks, I see what Casey's doing. I don't want to give away his strategy. So you're going to draft defensively, but offensively, you're about to start beasting on the offensive side. I like it, Casey. That's not what I did at all. So I finally gave Irvin a running back. Uh, one that I feel like... I almost did this, too. Yeah, that is actually showing some worth. I had to dig a little bit just now uh, to really see um, who's really kind of showing out in their rookie season. And so uh, maybe it's because of the team he's on, or maybe it's a mix of that and the actual talent that he has. But Michael Carter. Yeah. The New York Jets. Yeah, no, he's he's been good. He catches the football out of the backfield that's as what well. He likes. Yep. Yeah, so no, that's a... That's a quality pick, and the way I look at it is if you make that pick there, by the way, I'm fine with it, um, it's it's value. ETN, where you drafted him to do the same thing, probably was not as much value. So I'm with that. I'm with Michael Carter. Let's move. Let's keep rolling. We got a few more picks to do. Let's go to 4-1, and that would be Jay Tufele, who was picked the first pick of the fourth round. Um, I mean, Don't do it. You going for real? What? You about to do it on, on this pick right here? You got a different pick? Yeah. Oh, let me hear this one. Yeah, so this one, um, if I just drafted a defensive tackle to pick before who actually can play. Oh, that's fair. Um, I don't need another one. So, look, uh, DJ Chark and the boys, uh, you probably need some help in the receiver room, um, especially because you don't know the free agents I've signed yet. But uh, it's pretty straightforward. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver from USC who just scored the game-winning touchdown for the Lions. And look, if you're drafted in the fourth round, yeah, you expect him to play. You don't expect him to be great. And that's literally exactly what Amon Ross St. Brown is. He plays. He's out there for the Lions. He's making a name for himself. And he's a rookie. And he, it, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you other than it's a fourth-round pick, and he has 49 catches for 438 yards and a touchdown this season. From a fourth-round pick, the Jags would take that all day and night because guys like LaVisca Chenault, are a second-round pick and not really near those stats. So I will take Amon Ra, St. Brown at 4-1 if we can do it over. You can keep the fourth round the same for me. I didn't change either one of the picks. 
But then again, I have a different strategy than you. I guess so, because uh, let's go to 416 where Jordan Smith, he hasn't even slightly sniffed the field. Not at all. Hasn't even been out there, not once. Not at all. Um, give me, and obviously knowing what I know now, give me Evan McPherson, kicker uh, from Florida. Okay. All right. We here. We here. I'm one pick behind you. We here. Okay. I got you. Why are you picking Evan McPherson? Uh, because Josh Lambeau was no good and yeah. no disrespect to Matthew Wright. Evan McPherson's been good. Yeah, he left. Listen. If you're a kicker and you leave early from the from anywhere, college, he left the University of Florida early. He probably saw what was on the horizon. He saw writing on the wall, and he's a quality kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. So fix that right there. Give me Evan McPherson. Because, look, you picked a guy that hasn't even played yet. So, I mean, it, you literally would have impact from Evan McPherson. Let's go to 5-1. You originally picked Luke Farrell at this pick, 5-1. I'm going to take a dude by the name of Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns is a cornerback who plays for the Denver Broncos. He came out of Texas. Already has, let's count them up, one, two, three, four, five passes defended. Already has not one, but two interceptions, two sacks as well. This guy is all over the field for a fifth-round pick, and we have Luke Farrell. So give me Caden Stearns, a second cornerback. But now you've got Shaq Griffin, you've got Asante Samuel, and you've got Caden Stearns. Boy, I'm feeling good about the cornerbacks on this team. Are you feeling good about the cornerbacks on this team? Fictionally, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I got Luke Farrell out of here, too, in his six catches for the season. Um, Evan McPherson, that's who I picked. Nice. Uh, for that. And I, you know, I did that as an ode to you. And also, yeah, you're right. He's just been good in Cincinnati, 17 for 20, along with 54. That would have helped out early on in the season for more than a couple of games. Um, you know, the, the record would probably look just a tad bit different, at least hopefully, um, if he was actually on the team, the one kicking, making those kicks. And plus the fact that if we're getting uh, Dan Arnold here, I'm just, I'm, I don't need Luke Farrell. I, I like, he's not doing anything. You're yeah. talking about sniffing the field. And not a knock to him. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I'm not knocking these players. It's just what is the production that I have seen, and I've seen way more from Evan McPherson. So, yeah, he's my pick for the fifth round. I like it. Uh, 6-1 was the last pick in the draft. You originally picked Jalen Camp, who now plays for the Texans. You didn't even give him a chance, but it is the sixth round. Whatever. Here's where I get my second running back, and that would be Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech was available at this point. And if you're asking yourself, who is Khalil? Well, he didn't sniff the field for a couple games in a row. He comes out first game, three carries for seven yards. It is what it is. However, game, or I'm sorry, game five, David Montgomery gets hurt. What happens? 18 for 75, 19 for 97 and a touchdown. 18 for 100, as well as five catches. 23 for 72 and a couple of catches. Oh my goodness. Returns kicks as well. Guy is speed. He's a sixth rounder. Perfect compliment to James Robinson. His Twitter handle is Juice Herbert. I would have picked Cleo Herbert. Uh, and he's a what? Running back. Uh, the last running back named Juice that I can think of off the top of my head. That's okay. Probably, that's probably not what you want to do. But if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. But I'm just saying, Juice and running back. Uh, okay. Uh, I would say... Uh, mine is strictly because I just like the name. Okay. Um, for instead of Jalen Camp in the sixth round, uh, I picked Brady Breeze uh, mm -hmm. of the Tennessee Titans. He's a safety. Uh, he's still on the team. And, uh, yeah, I just like the name, Brady Breeze. Nice. Huh? I like it. We can get there. Breeze for the tackle. Breeze with the interception. It's a breeze out there. 
Very nice. Uh, I don't know about that last one. Yeah, I don't know about that either. But anyway, that's uh, that's the redraft, so we'll do the free agents quickly. By the way, a couple of things I would add to mine. I do not cut Colin Johnson. I think he should have stayed on the team, especially with your wide receiver problems. I still trade C.J. Henderson for Dan Arnold because um, Dan Arnold, against all odds, has been like their best offensive option. That was a surprisingly better trade than I thought. Yeah. When I first was like texting you and roasting you, I was like, yeah. man, wow. Okay. And in my fictional scenario, by the way, I would also have drafted Samuel and Stern, so I'd feel good with Shaq. Uh, I would also not trade Joe Schobert. I think he should be on this team playing with Miles Jack, and I would still trade for Malcolm Brown. So that's kind of where I'm at there. And here's the free agency situation. So these are the guys you drafted that have made impacts. Shaq Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins, Roy Robertson-Harris, Agnew, Marvin Jones, Chris Manhurts. Uh, C.J. Beathard hasn't really made an impact, but you know he's on the team. Carlos Hyde, Jihad Ward, Damian Wilson, Laquan Treadwell, and Rudy Ford. They spent about $55 million this year alone on those guys. So here's what I did, um, and I'll make it pretty clear for you, Brian. Shaq Griffin, I still sign 100%. Jamal Agnew, 100%. Rudy Ford, 100%. And C.J. Beathard, 100%. Oh, that's it. And Wait, did I say Treadwell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shaq, Agnew, Rudy Ford, Treadwell, Beathard. And the that's rest it. of y'all can kick rocks. So, yeah, Rayshon can go because I've drafted the safety. Uh, Robertson Harris can go because I've drafted the defensive tackle. Um, and you still have guys like Taven, who, against all odds, is playing well. Uh, Malcolm Brown as well, so... Um, yeah, th- but Carlos Hyde, Damien Wilson, I keep Schobert, and I'll be fine there. Uh, man hurts. You know, y'all got to go. So here's what I did, and this is the obvious answer. Hunter Henry for $12.5 million. That's what the Patriots are paying him this year, average annual value. I'd pay him like 17 at this point. So Hunter Henry, I'd re-sign him for whatever he asked for, or I would sign him for whatever he asked for uh, to be your tight end, to pair him with Dan Arnold and James O'Shaughnessy. So that's what I would do there. Uh, at the wide receiver position, I would sign two gentlemen, one by the name of Emmanuel Sanders, who against all odds has been pretty good this year for Buffalo, and Sammy Watkins, who all of a sudden has been okay again in Baltimore. He's been hurt a little bit, but you kind of expect now, that. Now, hold on, Casey. Now, what? now listen, I, I, we had a text conversation maybe about a month ago, and you were like, I don't know why he's still in the league. Yeah. I don't know why they're still letting him play, I believe is what you said. Yeah. Well, wait, that's wait. the Ravens. This is the Jags. <laughs> okay. All right. Look who's out there. I mean, dang. I would put Sammy Watkins. You'd put Sammy Watkins on your team before Elijah Moore. No, I wouldn't. But I would like draft Javon Holland before I would draft Elijah Moore. It just sounded like you did. So listen, you would. So you, got, you would. Listen, you got Sammy Watkins on one side. You got Chark on the other side. You got Emmanuel Sanders in the middle. You got fourth receiver LaVisca and then you mix and match with uh, Treadwell who's been okay and um, there's probably somebody else that plays receiver for the Jacks um, so yeah I would sign those two receivers and then go ahead on the defensive side you still need another safety because I don't want Wingard out there give me Jalen Mills for six million dollars who by the way has green hair um, not not natural of course but has green hair and he has been good for um New England. Got to pull these numbers because they were impressive. Yeah, five passes defended, a fumble recovery, and I believe has an interception as well. So I would sign him to play your other safety opposite Javon Holland. And then give me Chris Warmly. Ever heard of him? No. Yeah, well, me neither. But here's the thing. He only costs $2.2 million. He has like five sacks. He plays defensive tackle to firm that up. So Bethard, Mills, 
Wormley, Watkins, Sanders, Treadwell, Rudy Ford, Henry, Agnew, and Sheck. How many wins does this team get you? I don't know, but it cost me $56.9 million. So how many wins does this team get me? I don't know, maybe five. For the season or where we're at right now? In this For season? this season. Oh, that would be. I think the fan base would would deal with that a lot better. Because here's the thing. Let's let's look real quick as we get out of here. You have any free agents you want, by the way? Hey, man, any free agent I have right now uh, needs to stay right where it's at, man. What do you got? Wait. You don't have no free agents you want to sign? Well, no, but here's the deal, right? So when I did my redraft, okay. uh, I did it off of the fact that, listen, I'm going to keep the free agents oh, that I have. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And so, um, and so some of the changes that I made, I made sure that I equaled out defense and offense. Ah. Uh, but that being said, man, listen, I think that most of the free agents, I mean, it, they haven't, I can't think of it, I can't think of them being terrible. Listen, it's not a good team, but it's not necessarily you got a free agent or one or two that were going to change this and make this even into a five or six win team. Yeah. And plus, some of these games early on, if they were going to win five or six games, which I guess is still possible with the amount of games that are left, um, it, you know, it was lost because of two plays here, two plays there, a missed field goal, yeah. you know, something like that. So I don't want to take too much from the actual um, free agents that we signed, even though this is hypothetical. I totally get it. I think that I think for the most part, they got a lot of it right there as well. So I don't know about that. But anyway, so here's the situation. If you look at the schedule, you still lose, in, in my team at least, you still lose that game of the Texans because Trevor threw it to the other team like five times. The Broncos game, you missed, you lost by 10 and you missed two kicks. So you make those two kicks and an extra point, I should say. There's seven of your points. You're down three. That's a totally different game. The Cardinals game, by the way, they did not play terrible. They missed kicks. Um, and they did the stupid flea flicker that came back for a pick six. You have a different offensive coordinator, maybe that changes. The Bengals game, you lost by three because you couldn't score in the second half. I'd like to think the defense that I put together is better than the one they have, and they could maybe make a stop at some point along the line. You lose the Titans, that is what it is. Uh, you get killed by the Seahawks, I guess. Um, I'm still going to claim the Buffalo win. You had an opportunity to beat the Colts um, with this team. You beat the Falcons with the team I have, I'm telling you right now. You lose to the Rams, you probably lose to the Titans. And then you've got the Jets and the Texans coming up. You win, you win one of those games. So you take one of those, the two they have, one of these ones up here, you steal one along the way, that's five. And by the way, I think five wins is like would be great here. Yeah. Like five wins was the expectation. I think the fan base would be more than happy with five wins this season, which is, I guess, like I said before, still a possibility. Yeah, and I'm telling you, with these boys, I picked Super Bowl in at least two years. I'm going to go run it on Madden, and I'll let you know how they do. What? I'm just, what? It's true. Super Bowl in, what, 2023? 24, cover, you know. 24? Yeah, 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 100%. With these dudes? The Super Bowl, the NFL? Yeah, and a couple more, like, uh... Like the free agent classes as they go along, like you get another receiver so you can get rid of Sammy All Watkins. Right. I'm just saying you have Sammy Watkins so hey, you can have a body. You got to have belief. See, these, this is what the front offices and GMs, the kind of belief they got to have in their picks right here. So, you know, go ahead, GM Casey Kurtz, everybody. Hey, I'm just saying I think I did a great job. By the way, let's stay on the Sammy Watkins real quick. I know we got to get out of here. Uh, Sammy Watkins or LaVisca Chanel? Well, at this point, I would pick Sammy Watkins. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sammy Watkins or Laquan Treadwell? I would actually take Treadwell. Sammy Watkins or Marvin Jones? I think that's up for debate. Also, uh -oh. here's, here's the real question. Uh -huh. Sammy Watkins or Taven Austin? 
I get. It. I rest my case. Well, you rest your case? You would rather have Tavon Austin than Sammy Watkins? Number one, if you had let me finish, I would have said, eh, Sammy Watkins. But it would have been like, eh, okay. You know what I'm saying? How is that even listen, a debate? But listen, I've watched Casey. See, folks, everybody out here, I know we're blowing through this break real quick. Casey is doing a 180, and I don't understand this right now. Casey was so down on Sammy Watkins. He said Sammy Watkins shouldn't be in the league. I've said the same thing about Taven Austin. The league. It doesn't matter if it's the Jaguars or the Ravens. So now to hear him fawn over Sam Samuel Watkins, it's amazing. I'm a little thrown off. But the Jags aren't even really the league. <laughs> I'm done, man. I'm done. I, I'm done, too, because we got to get out of here on Action Sports Jacks. OT on ESPN 690. That was Brian Middleton. I'm Casey Kurtz. Coming up, Fox 30, 7 o'clock, Brent Martineau. Jaguars all access. He'll be joined by Shaq Griffin, who I would keep on my redraft team. Um, and then after that at 8 o'clock as on Fox 30 as well as on ESPN 690 right here, you can hear Thursday Night Football. That'll be the Steelers. That'll be the Vikings. I'll be watching Ted Lasso. But we'll come back here and talk about it tomorrow from 3 to 6. Brent will be at Extreme Wings. Austin Lane will be sitting in that chair. I'll be sitting in the chair Brian Middleton's sitting in, and we'll do it. For OT, we will be back on Monday. I'll have something on my mind. We'll have some stuff to break down, all of the things. But we'll do it again on Monday. Brian Middleton, appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Appreciate y'all listening. Have a good weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. Peace.